you're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting tastes in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and something that we like to do a lot on this show is showcase new solo projects of artists that we've gotten to know through other bands. And this week, we're really, really excited to showcase a solo project from an artist called Idius Carey. These songs are big, moody, and beautiful, so we're really excited to have Idius Carey, also known as Dez, with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Des, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Can I just say how hard this was to do? By the way, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, pick five songs. <laughs> I spent, last Saturday, I did like this entire like rant to everybody that was in front of me about how terrible I am at picking songs <laughs> and how I never want to make playlists and how I love people who are good at it, but I'm fucking terrible. And you're like, yeah, five songs. I was like, don't overthink it. Yeah, just, yeah no, just it's do it. it. It's funny just kind of seeing how different people react to it. And like from time to time, you'll get a publicist for an artist who like doesn't relay the request to the artist. So then they're like joining the Zoom and I'm like, hey, did you get those five songs together? And (laughs) and they're like having to come up with it on the spot. And I just feel like such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of cool, too. That's that's more like so think of five songs right now. I felt stressed. I didn't at first. At first, I was like, I'm stressed. And then I was like, you know what? This is my opportunity to not be a perfectionist. So take it. Yeah. You know, just it is what it is. Like if if there's if you think tomorrow, like, oh, I should have picked, you know, just whatever. Um, So I'm always interested in like, you know, when when we have people on the show who where I first knew of your work with another group, um, Cali Horse, and now you're moving on to this solo project, or I don't know if moving on is the right way to describe it, but certainly you've, you're doing this new solo project. Um, I'm always interested in like kind of learning how that sort of move came about. So I, I was hoping you could kind of walk me through the, I guess, the inception of this, uh, of this project. Yeah, well, um, Idius Carey started as a vision that came to me as an energetic entity telling me that I was supposed to move in with Sam, who is my longtime co-collaborator and writer in Cali Horse. And so Idius Carey is the name off of, of a song off of the first uh, record of Kaleidoscope Horse, as we were formerly known. Now we're Cali Horse. And I think taking my, sto- my solo stuff more seriously came from the pandemic, just not being able to see Sam, not being able to work in groups kind of forced me inward. And, and, and like, it's interesting, like that, that's something that I've been hearing, like, and we, we had Alan Cross on, who's like, you know, this like DJ, like radio guy. And and he was saying like how excited he is um, to just kind of see the stuff that like, people in our generation come out with like from the pandemic like like you're just you're just like locked indoors um well total i mean it's sort sort of like for me i have a day job so nothing has changed for me right. other than lack of culture lack of music <laughs> lack of the things that actually make living in a society worthwhile so right. for me i feel like 
my art is very much me trying to cope with that sort of thing. Like, you know, a lot of my friends are kind of like, I have so much time to, you know, discover myself artistically. And I'm like, I get home, I am exhausted. Um, and I feel things. Yeah. And that's kind of been very much part of the, the process of why I've made the musical choices that I've made, I think. Right. So like, what are those things that you're, fe- if, if I may probe a bit, yeah, of course, what are yeah. those things that you're, that you're feeling that you're trying to capture in this? Uh, self-doubt is like probably huge. I, I know that most people, when they're teenagers, they're very like, oh my God, who am I? Um, and I kind of feel like I'm going through that in my twenties. I kind of feel, or maybe late twenties. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm not worried about who I am, but I'm definitely interested and trying to find the line between like becoming an adult. I mean, some people would say at the ripe age of 28 that I am an adult, (laughs) but I feel like I'm still becoming one. And I feel like as I'm navigating those life changes, I'm trying to grow up while also not like lose who I am. I feel like there's a lot of fun in uh, feeling your feelings and a lot of not fun in feeling your feelings, but regardless, I'm a big feeler. Yeah. I've been told, you know, that, that feeling less equates adulthood, or maybe I've just kind of inferred that based on like all of society that you're more of an adult if you feel less. And I just was kind of like, Oh no, no, <laughs> still feel a whole lot. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and there is like something to be said for that. And, and just like the value that it brings to music is just like the idea of sort of like good, bad warts and all and everything is just... well, and it's vulnerability. I mean, at the end of the day, there are some great songs about absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I wish that I was a writer like that. I wish that I could write in a way where I walk down the street and that's about it, but I'm not like, I'm the kind of person that writes with my heart, just like out of my throat on the table. There you go. Hope that's okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And d- does that take a toll at all? Like, does that, does that like, in the sense that, you know, you, you, you come home from your day job, you're exhausted, and then like going into sort of creating in a way that where you're feeling all these things, like, does that then like further take its toll? I feel like that would be the case if it were something that I were actively doing, but right, I, okay. I literally can't turn it on and off. You know, I, I just am, you know, I, I, I am the way that I am and it's got to get out of me. Otherwise I'm going to be crying at work or crying on the bus or not literally just crying. But I right, mean, right, like right. I, my dad says that like I, when he looks at me, he feels like my emotions are just like right at my eyes Yeah, and, and I can't hide that about myself and becoming an adult by creating music and by kind of not hiding behind anybody else's frame of reference or context i'm very it feels very revealing to say this is who i'm choosing to be as an artist in this moment i think for a really long time i avoided solo work because i didn't want to so definitively say that this means anything about me whatsoever right right so this feels very different in that sense yeah so um let's get to this uh let's get to the first song of yours that we're going to talk about nine lives um walk me through uh, what this song is about yeah, Nine Lives is actually the second song on the um, on the double A side. And it started off as a love song. The, the, opening, the opening lines are about love and, and feeling like no matter 
how much you change, you're still going to feel the same way. And then I finished the song about a year later. Right. Both, both sonically and lyrically came about a year after the beginning. And it is very much different. It's very much a, a year later into being a 20 something year old person in that place where you thought you were going to feel the same way, but you have changed in multitudes, not just in feeling, but in what you even want out of life and how you see yourself. And is that like, did the, did the right, did like that sort of start and end point, was that like before and like during pandemic or was, or it was, was that... they were both during the pandemic, which is, <laughs> which is kind to of... be able to say yeah. <laughs> that it took me a year and they were both like in yeah. the pandemic is pretty, uh, not cool. But, um, yeah, no, the beginning was at the beginning of the pandemic and I was kind of fresh spring chicken, like oh my God, I'm going to have all this time for art. And I'm so excited to like make all the things and all that stuff. And I was feeling very blissful. And then cabin fever starts to set in. I live in a basement apartment. We do not have windows. You know, I had just moved in with my partner like six months before, not even five months before the pandemic hit. So like, needless to say, it was not like a normal, like first year of living with somebody uh, levels of getting to know a person and also I've never been in a partnership that's this long term and that feels this adult if you will so I mean I felt really like very out of my element I was like you're telling me I can't go like smash bottles with my best friend down the street and like get up at like four in the morning and go to work and everything's gonna be fine like I had to find very new coping skills yeah. So like, do you, like you keep mentioning this idea of adulthood and and, and it's mm. so fascinating to me. Like it, it's something that like, you know, I'm, I'm working a, a day job myself and I have a work phone and I have to say like <laughs> shit like that has made me like, particularly this summer. Cause it's a summer job. Like I, I've just become like endlessly fascinated with this idea of like adulthood and what the hell that even means. Do you think that like, how, how, how close do you think you are to attaining that? I mean, I have really strange role models. So I feel like, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess I don't know. But you know, my mom says, she's like, I don't feel like an adult. Yeah. She is 60 years old. That is a 60 year old woman that does not feel like an adult. I feel like, I think I've grown up a lot in the past couple of years. You know, I went to therapy. I started taking my mental health seriously. I started taking my physical health more seriously. I feel like I've been, I don't know, lessening my circle in a way that feels closer to sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before, maybe I'd spread myself thin amongst like a lot of different things that I was interested in, which feels like kind of an immature characteristic maybe. And I think that the tightening of a circle where maybe once I thought that was boring because I thought that you can't change. Now I'm realizing that like smaller bursts of deeper commitment are much more interesting than like a Jack of all trades kind of um, way of going about life, I guess. And that's what adulthood is looking like right now. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like it's such a like weird rabbit hole to go down. Like what, <laughs> what is adulthood? Um, but now 
kind of a weird question. And the only reason I'm asking this is because um, we pushed the interview back by half an hour because of a cat situation. And the nine lives reference is not, that's not a cat thing. I mean, well, you know, everyone's always like, if you were an animal, what would you be? And I very much feel cat-like. I feel like I'm somewhere in the cat family, despite being a Pisces, which is strange, but I do feel very cat-like. So I think that nine lives and just my feeling of like going through many different phases of being a person. And also I have a cat I'm deeply obsessed with. Yeah, I mean, they all contribute to like the use of language. I think that I think the line, like the main line of the song that just came out was love of my nine lives. And I just loved the cadence of the sentence. And I just thought that sounds great. get into is it valens or yes. yeah okay so we're gonna get into valens uh while you are still waiting first of all so i i listened to it quickly earlier today when you sent me the list and both times around the the energy that i get from it is like like if there was a rave in a church in like england with just a bunch of people wearing like all black in like a real you know what i mean like that that's kind of like, yes like everybody's trying to look like robert smith or something like <laughs> first of all can i just say i don't ever listen to music on these headphones these are will's headphones yeah and i'm listening to this like clip of this song and i'm like holy shit and it's like through it. zoom too i'm sharing it through zoom like <laughs> yeah i mean it, the quality is great yeah the layers of the song are, are you're right there's something church-like about it there's like a type of of reverence for some type of lynchian kind of darkness yeah that feels danceable yeah and i think that i'm really drawn to anything that makes me feel that way i uh valens are a, a local band and I fell in love with them when I like first came to Toronto. I was like, who is this band? And then they kind of were inactive in my mind anyway. And I, and I was very sad thinking that maybe they weren't coming back or anything like that. But then they put out this record and it's very dark. Uh, it's really sleek. That's another thing I really like about it. I feel like a lot of music that comes out of Toronto they're going for that lo-fi vibe mm. and I totally get that. And the next track that I picked is totally lo-fi, but I just appreciate how slick this record is. Yeah, for sure. And that song in particular is quite haunting. And I feel like as a female vocalist, uh, something that I, not that it's about genders, but I just mean it's exciting to see a, a, or to hear a woman making this kind of music. It feels like, exactly what my ears want and it gives me a confidence to try new things stylistically i think yeah 
Yeah, no, I, really, really great tune. Yeah, it's funny. I like when I was listening to it earlier, it was on my phone, but uh, here on my laptop, like literally as we were just listening to it, I clicked the add to add to library button. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm gonna see about getting them on the show if they're still if they're still doing things like that. That would be oh, 100 percent. Yeah, the record came out super recently, and uh, I got it on vinyl, like limited edition silver vinyl. It's so good. Love that. So good. So uh, you you referenced it a little bit, uh, "Skinny Trees" by Porches. Um, what do you like about this song? It feels live. That's yeah. something that always comes back to me. Is like it feels like there is an electricity in that recording that you really only get when you're there, and that feels really rare for me coming from a record. Um, I love Porches. Um, Jay Fieldbender actually got me into porches was like you need to listen to this record and uh i absolutely love it i think it's called slow dance in the cosmos um something that like freaked me out about it the first line is she is skinny like the trees and the air looks good around her body i thought that was like really beautiful and like lyrical but then i was like mad for a second because i was like so just because i'm not a skinny tree like the air is not good around my body but then i'm like okay you can't (laughs) you know, be angry that a lyric isn't all things for all people. Right. Right. First of all. So, so that I had to get over that, right. you know, initial reaction within myself, but also the end of the first verse, he just yells, I'm a New York city slug. And then the song just like slugs along and you really feel like you're there, like slugging through it with him. And uh, yeah, I enjoy the aggression. I love the drum beat and uh, it feels raw. It feels like, as raw as I wanted to get. You know? Yeah. Well, so so the, what you said about capturing that kind of live feel and energy on a recording it, it, it is a topic that I'm kind of endlessly fascinated by. Like, j- j- just like, especially just doing the show, hearing from so many different people where that is the goal, but they all have like different ways of doing that. Do you, is that something that's important for you? And if so, how do you do it? If it were important to me, it would be important to me because a song made it important to me. Right. Okay. For me, I love production. I love tricks in the studio. I love all that stuff. I'm also the kind of person where I'll write something and then I'll put it, you know, I'll record that that guitar line or whatever. And then I'll literally forget how to play it as soon as I did that and never figure out how to do it again and just build the song from there. So for me... It's that's not really possible to like get like a live energy, especially when you're a solo artist. I feel like you know it's not about the relationship between the instruments; it's more about the writing. For me, right now, yeah. Um, but in my band setting in Cali Horse, as that grows, absolutely, it would be incredible because that band is about how we play together. She 
right, next up we have Lee Paradise, Message to the Past. I've been getting really into like Acid House recently and like Same. like the the late there's a little bit of like a lasery kind of sound in the back of this which I really really dig. I'm definitely drawn to those lasers for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you like about this song? Oh my gosh, I mean lasers aside. You can't put the lasers aside when it comes yeah. to this song. I mean, it's first of all, I'm clearly wanting to dance. Like clearly all these songs that I am drawn to right now are just making me want to move. And this song to me is like the coolest thing you could possibly hear if you walked into a club or a place yeah. and you just wanted to catch a vibe and this song was on, you would be like, I'm here. It is Saturday night. I'm feeling incredible. That song is drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. Like the, the dancier music is something that I've been getting like really into just since the pandemic started. And I honestly feel like it is perhaps the worst time in history to get really into <laughs> dancing music. So it's kind of, it's like, you know, I, I always felt like I got into bands after they had just left my city on tour. And, and like, I feel like getting into dance music in the middle of like the worst pandemic in the century is kind of like I mean, the extension of that. But it's also your body telling you what it wants, like make serotonin, listen to the thing that yeah. will do that. You know, I, I think that's just the nature of why the genre is so good. Yeah, I think it's going to, I hope it explodes when the pandemic is over because I mean, these artists are incredible yeah. and moving is one of the most powerful things that you can do like to cope with being alive. I mean, for me, like it, one of the reasons why it was so hard to make this five song playlist was because a lot of the songs that really have influenced my song writing are extremely depressing, would not put on a radio show. Right personally because i wouldn't listen to somebody talking about the most depressing songs of all time right. uh personally um but like i am you know influenced by those things but it's kind of like these songs that i love that are actually so high energy are really making me look at myself kind of in, in a way where i'm like next up dance yeah. record yeah. that's what i gotta do yeah why not honestly and like seeing seeing bands that are like more rock and roll kind of shit like slowly shifting into it it's kind of it's kind of cool like you know like past his prologue like history repeats itself and certainly that has been a thing in the past so like i'm I'm kind of excited about like you know what the next few years are going to look like in terms of sort of more rock and roll centric artists moving towards dancier sounds i mean i think it's inevitable considering like a pristine the, the pristineness of hip-hop and dance music in terms of recordings is what is taking over the world sonically right now. It's what like most of the world wants to hear. So I feel like to shift into sounds that make more people feel good. Yeah. It's not what every artist is after, but I definitely think some people are like, give it a go. Yeah, yeah. And you know, stoked to see, uh, stoked to see what they come up with.
right, next up we have You Said Something by PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey's been played before on the show, not this song, but uh, I'm o- I always love when um, when people pick something that's been like played on the show before. Oh my god, who? Um, they're this psych band out of uh, Victoria, BC, called Bad Who. Oh my god, they play PJ Harvey. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, that, and they were a lot of fun to have on. Their uh, their guitar player is my cousin. Um, oh, that's awesome. So it was it was it was kind of funny, like just um sending the episode around to like family including like you know grandparents and like <laughs> and then him like and he's like the in-law cousin like so he oh had to like god. send an email being like apologies for the swearing and shit oh like my that. god that's so funny i feel like once you get into like certain lines of work you kind of have to just say the word fuck in front of your parents and get over yeah, it yeah exactly you know I mean? exactly adulthood adulthood <laughs> yes Alex. that is that is it so this one seems just like more melancholy than than the other ones that you've picked. I honestly could not leave it out. Yeah. I I made an like I made a playlist that is about this song. Right. Uh, outside wow. of this show. Right. right, um, right. I couldn't leave it out because it it's a song that's probably affected me the most that any song has affected me in the past six months. Um, because I I really love a lyric that's just you said something like I held my breath and you said something. And that's what the whole freaking song is about. Are you a genius or what? (laughs) Like I knew an entire song, not about what was said, but that something was said. That means more to me than any sentence that anybody could construct because it, you could put anything in there. Yeah. It could be absolutely anything. It could be, that thing that person said at that perfect time. And that's exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. It didn't even matter what they said. It was the fact that you said it at that time. And that's great songwriting. In my, in my opinion, like that's why Bob Dylan is incredible. That's why Leonard Cohen is incredible because they just know how to say something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. Cause like th- this, this concept of like, a thing that anyone can put anything into. It's something that like, you know, I, I don't, I am not a songwriter and, and it's something that p- people who can write songs fascinate me. Like the, the, the <laughs> fact that you can just do that, but going through this show and learning about the extent to which the ability to do what you're describing is exactly what makes a great song. And just w- w- without having ever really thought of it in the past, it, it is, it is so interesting for me just as, you know, doing like 40 plus episodes of the show. This is like a theme that keeps coming up. Like again Because again. it's not easy to do. I mean, it, yeah. it's not the same as saying, I love you and I'm sad. Yeah. Okay. Like that's too vague for me. That's, I, that doesn't make me feel anything, but for somebody to sit there and say, you said something that I've never forgotten. I'm just like, I don't know. I can't breathe. I'm sweating. Yeah. Like, I think that it's an important sentiment to say things like that. And, you know, I know people that just speak like this. Like, I know people where lines like that come out of their mouth. Like, that's just the way that they live. And I want to write everything down and steal everything they say and then sing about it, you know? But that feels unethical, so I don't. (laughs) But it's, it's something that I aspire to. I'm doing nothing wrong 
riding in your car Your radio playing We sing up to the eighth floor A rooftop Manhattan One in the morning And you said something That I've never forgotten You said something Um, all right, so next up, we are getting into a band that I think, at this point, I can reasonably say that they are one of my uh, one of my favorite bands. Ooh. Um, and that is Blur. Let's do it. Now, this is kind of an interesting one because this is actually a song that I'm not all that familiar with. Um, yes. You know, and I and I suspect that, like, realistically, I'm a pretty surface level Blur fan <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Um, but uh, but why this song? Given like they're they're just you know their massive body of work. I love that I've blurred a Blur fan right now. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, I actually just got into like Brit rock. Yeah. In general, like last summer, which is funny because I am dating a British man. And um, who <laughs> enjoys it? He's very much a, a blur guy over an Oasis guy, I think, is what he told me. Although, what's funny is that this last song, it was between this song and Supersonic by Oasis. I could, I had such a hard time choosing. But the reason why I went with Battle, first of all, it's like an anti song. I hate the lyrics. I thought they were going to be so epic. And then I looked them up and I was like, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me whatsoever, which is totally fine. But the vibe is so gorgeous. It sounds nothing else like anything that they ended up doing. I think what's what's really cool about it is that there's kind of like a softness and a vulnerability to it. But then it has these sort of like raw like vocals that make you feel like this guy wants to have sex with you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I find it super hot. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh my God, I don't care what you're saying. Yeah. This is the, you know, the best thing I've ever heard. It's like listening to porn in my mind. So that's a huge reason. Why I yeah. This well, song. fair enough. Well, I mean like, you know, Damon Albarn as an artist is like, I honestly think like a hundred years from now, people are going to look back and he is going to be like one of the people that is like, like the artist. It feels so art. low key. Well, like, like it, it feels like nobody is like blur. I feel like everybody is not saying blur. But, but and I'm then, like, but then him with the gorillas is like a whole right. other thing, right? Like, and and, and it's so interesting because when you listen to so much of Blur, you can kind of like, you can almost hear his desire to go in that direction, um, but him being kind of limited by like you know a four piece British rock band and like and, and all the things that that um, entails. But yeah, no, I I am. I am such an admirer of his just like as an, as an artist and as like someone who creates things and like creates interesting things. And like, yeah, I feel like, well, you know, such on the topic of maturity, I feel like this song is mature for blur. Um, and that there's some songs like supersonic by Oasis 
where I very much like to get my teenage boy out and like be sweaty shirtless in my living room feeling like a rock star, you know, and battle is more like audiophile, like intelligent (laughs) sitting in front of expensive music equipment. Um, So there's definitely a place for like everything. Yeah. But, but battle feels like a sleek part of my brain. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the adult part of your brain. Yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's No what I'm no hate to, to Supersonic. I mean, like that that Supersonic was literally the first song that was ever played on this show. Um so Oh my god, I can't believe that. Yeah, well, and and we played it for the first time since then when we had the Zolas on like last week. Um so yeah, anyway, uh no hate to Supersonic. But I love that song. I almost yeah. chose it. I'm just yeah. saying it, it's a different part of me that it represents. So I'm glad it's still got a little bit of airtime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, get, it's getting enough airtime. It's the Supersonic is doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, uh, we're going to wrap up with uh, The World as a Loose Garment, um, another one of the, the two songs off your double A-side single. Talk to me about doing a double A-side like that. I feel like that's kind of interesting, and you don't see that that often. What uh, what motivated that decision? Um, it's two songs that belong in the same world. They're related. They were made around the same time in a similar process. And they feel like they're coming from a similar frame of reference from within myself, which is why I feel like they live together. The World is a Loose Garment came first. Actually, it was kind of like the beginning of the world, then the beginning of Nine Lives, then the end of the world, then the end of Nine Lives. Right. Okay. It's kind it. of how the writing process went. So they're kind of intertwined as well, which is why I felt like they had to be released together. Um but also sonically, I feel like I'm going elsewhere and I needed a moment to like honor what exactly happened with those two songs. So that, you know, it was kind of like, I'm not going to write more like this because that's just not where I'm at artistically. But yeah, the world as a loose garment is a great quote from a tarot reading I once received. Oh, nice. And um, it's about how I wear my reality in a sort of loose fashion. It sort of surrounds me, but not too structurally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just thought that described me so completely perfectly. Like I'd never heard anything ever said. And I decided I needed to write from that perspective that I change and that I'm okay with that. It's something that I've always struggled. It's like, you meet somebody and you're really into them and you're like, great, but I've got like this dog that just shits on your bed like once <laughs> a week. You know what I mean? Like that he's great otherwise, but 
that's it. You know, I kind of feel like parts of, of my personality and parts of just who I am. I struggle with mental illness, all these sorts of things. I feel like I'm awesome, but like there are moments of me that are very difficult to um, bring somebody along for the ride for. And I think that I've always tried to apologize for those parts, but this tarot reading was extremely affirming that all of <laughs> all of the elements that make up my reality are very much part of me and it's kind of non-negotiable and i you know i i say in the song if it's too much trust me i get it right and that's that's kind of the line that i keep repeating over and over again if it's too much trust trust me i i get it like i'm the one doing it you know <laughs> Um, all right, so now we are getting to the point of the show, the most fun part of the show, where you get to plug the release. Oh, my gosh. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, well, my double A side is coming out on June 12th via Safe Sounds Collective. There's two songs. Everywhere you listen to music, that's where you're going to listen to O. And it's by me, it is Carrie. Do it. Love Do it. it. All right. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Alex. This was awesome. Thanks very much for joining us this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself, Alex Anderson, and Hillary Johnston, and our social media and marketing materials are done by Pedro Walker, so don't forget to check us out on social media. The music is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugar Glass, and if you have time, feel free to go rate us on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us out, and we'll talk to you next week. Music